Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, beautiful people? Today, we're talking about the nine traits of narcissistic personality disorder, according to the DSM-5. If you're new here, my name is Lee Hammack, and I'm a clinically diagnosed narcissist, and welcome to another episode of The Narcissist Code. So finally, 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 not everybody's a narcissist, Lee. You got to be clinically diagnosed to be a narcissist. Yeah, duh. <laughs> you don't have to be clinically diagnosed to be a narcissist, y'all. So that's, what, that's the thing that kind of blows my mind because I have narcissistic personality disorder, right? And although I am clinically diagnosed, if I would have never went to therapy, would I not be so? Was this, this, does that not make me a narcissist? If I never went to therapy and got clinically diagnosed, would I not be a narcissist? You see, that argument flips people, flips on people's heads. It's just like it flips, it flips people's arguments on on their heads. It's like, no, you gotta be a diagnosed. So if I wouldn't have gotten diagnosed, so does does that not mean I'm a narcissist? You see, you see, you see. So, but today, y'all, we're talking about the nine traits of narcissistic personality disorder, the nine traits that, that psychologists and people use, clinicians use, therapists use to diagnose people with NPD. And the crazy thing about this is y'all, you don't, it's nine traits. You only have to have five, five. It says the definition of NPD states that, that it comprises of a persistent manner of grandiosity, a continuous desire for admiration, along with a lack of empathy. It starts by early adulthood and occurs in a range of situations as signified by the existence of any five of the next nine standards. So you don't have to have all nine to be diagnosed as a narcissist. You only have to have five in each in every single one of these is toxic in and of his own nature. Y'all, it's, you know, it's, that's what I'm just telling people. So the first trait that they have listed on here is a grandiose logic of self-importance. Yes. Grandiose logic of self-importance is absolutely true because that's how it goes right there, y'all. If you think, if you, if you think about it, narcissistic people think that they are super important people just because we are us. You know, just because I'm me, it means that I'm important. It means that I, I, like I said, it, it just means that I have importance because I am me. That's all it means. Like I'm important because I'm me and you are you. 
and I'm more valuable than you to this world because I am me. No matter how much success you have, no matter how much how many goals you've hit, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much taller than me, stronger than me, faster than me, whatever it is, better looking than me, whatever it is, I'm still better than you. I'm more important than you because I am me. And you know that if you dealt with most narcissists, I, I think most narcissists have this trait right here. You know, most narcissistic people have this trait right here. They do, you know, they absolutely do. It just gets into that space right there where they just feel like they're super important to the world. Like the world, the world should be blessed to have me in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? The world should feel blessed to have me as a part of it, which is a wild mindset to have, which I understand when people just look at, you know, y'all know people like this all the time. People that haven't accomplished anything in life, but just feel like I'm better than you. It should have been me or the jealousy boy. Oof, the jealousy, the jealousy, the jealousy, the jealousy. So that's trait number one, y'all. Trait number two, I'm walking down my time limits, uh, is a fixation with fantasies of infinite success, control, brilliance, beauty, or idyllic love. Fixation with fantasies of infinite success. Like, yes, yes, I want it all. Like, this is, (laughs) this is one of my, this is one of my traits right here, y'all. Like, seriously, I am like, literally, y'all, seriously. Since I was younger, I wanted to be a famous actor or play in the NFL. I needed to do stuff to set me apart from everybody else because I want, I had those delusions of grandeur that kick in right there, right? You know what I mean? The delusions of that I deserve a better life, that I wanted so much success because right here, and a lot of narcissists have this right here, y'all. They have these delusions of infinite success, fantasies of infinite success or control and brilliance and whatnot because they want to be happy. They think that going after these goals will somehow, some way, shape, or form, finally make them happy. It will finally help me be me. It will finally make give my life meaning when I'm ultra successful, right? But that's the crazy thing about it because I've achieved a lot of success and it doesn't make you happy. Happiness is intrinsic. Happiness is internal. And I've come to realize that because I've been in therapy for the last six years that Happiness, you have to go, you have to earn it from the inside out. Happiness is inside out stuff. It comes from the inside and works its way outside. But narcissistic people are different. They try to go outside in. You see what I'm saying? Like success, control, brilliance, beauty, idyllic love. I want people to idolize me. All that stuff is external. You see, all that stuff right there is ex- external things. Control is external. Brilliance is external. Uh, beauty is external. All that stuff is external. Brilliance can be internal a little bit, but because it's, you know, the mind, but it's delusions of brilliance. So it's external. <laughs> um, but all this stuff is external things that, that you think is going to make you happy. Like I've experienced this on so many different levels where I think that this is going to make me so happy when I hit the success. This is going to make me so happy when I fall in love, when I get married, when I have kids, when I get the job of my dreams, when I graduate from school, when I hit a million subscribers on TikTok or something like that. You think it's going to make you happy, but in the end, it really, really doesn't. You know, it really doesn't. So that in that right there, when they hit these goals or a lot of times they self-sabotage themselves on the way to try to hit these goals. So that happens quite a bit right there. They self-sabotage themselves on their way to trying to hit one of these goals so they never hit it. So they can't, they can say they tried. 
but they didn't succeed. So that gives them a reason to try to keep going and get this, this type of stuff. But it just doesn't make you happy when you get there. And that can make them resentful towards the people around them. So when they hit success, when you have a successful narcissist, um, they'll still be angry at the people around them. They'll still treat the people around them like lesser beings because you go back to the first one, grandiose logic of self-importance, you know? So trait number three, trait number three, seven minutes, <laughs> seven minutes. Um, a credence that he or she is extraordinary or exceptional and can only be understood by or connect with other extraordinary or important people or, or institutions. Here's right here. I'm special and nobody understands me, but other special people. Nobody understands me, but other special people, other people that are in charge. You wouldn't get it because you are a lesser being. You don't understand my point of view because I'm up here. I think up here. You think down here. You know, like this is my first time reading through the nine traits, which is crazy, y'all. Um, but you think up here. I mean, I think up here. You think down here. So I'm just a higher being like you don't understand. I speak. It's like I'm speaking Latin. You're speaking English. We don't, you don't understand me because we are speaking, we're on different wavelengths. We're speaking different languages. And my language is the most important language. You need to get on my level. You need to get to my level of understanding. Even though my level, my level of understanding might be delusional. It might be conspiracy theory oriented. You know, it might be just wildness. But that's how I used to feel. <laughs> that's how I used to feel like, that's why you get a lot of narcissistic people that feel like even in a crowd of a lot of people, they feel like they stand out. Even if they fit in, even if they look exactly like everybody in the crowd. Even if I was in a crowd of 6'2", 250 pound people with dreads, black people with dreads, um, I would feel like I stand out. I'm, I'm different. I'm different than everybody here. Because I'm different. I'm me. You see what I'm saying? Nobody else gets me. I'm on an island by myself here. That's the mindset of a lot of narcissistic people right there, y'all. It is wild. It, it is a wild mindset to have to feel like nobody else understands you. But that's why nobody else gets you. That's why you're an outcast because nobody understands you. You feel like you've been cast away from people because nobody gets it. You mean nobody's going to understand me. Nobody, nobody here gets me. So that's why I'm unhappy. That's why uh, people I get always get in trouble because nobody understands me. That's how you, that's how they explain away the bad stuff that they do. That's how they explain away the bad stuff that they say, the crazy delusional stuff that they say. You just don't get it. You don't understand me. You, your level of thinking is down here. So trait number four is a desire for unwarranted admiration, a desire for unwarranted admiration. Like you go after the, the, the you think you, you want it. Y'all you want the attention. You want all the attention on you. You know what I mean? You, you want it on you, you and you don't deserve it. Like you don't deserve, you feel like all eyes should be on me. But what do you have? To, what have you done to deserve it? What 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 can I just what what have what can I say? Or what have I done to justify admiration? Why should people? Ha why should I like? This is how he, the crazy thing about it. This is how I used to feel on TikTok. This is kind of how I be honest with you. This is kind of how I still feel on TikTok on any social media platform. When I see somebody doing good, I always think like when they have when somebody else is doing good, right? Let's say on YouTube per se. Like they'll have like, this is back when I first got started. They would have like a hundred K subs and I'd be like, 
Why don't I have 100K subs? I I talk better than them. I have the best information. Why don't I have 100K subs? I wouldn't wish, I know, so I w- I'm not wishing bad on people that had 100K subs. I just felt like I deserved it. Well, I needed more attention or more eyes on me because I'm me. You see how all this stuff works in together? The delusions of grandeur, the fantasies of success, and unwarranted attention. Like you, it, All this stuff works in together. You feel like you deserve more because I'm me. It all ties in together. Like why I need more attention because I'm me. I need to stand up because I got dreads. You see, that's the, <laughs> it is a wild mindset, man. Just read these traits. It is kind of crazy because that's how the, because how the mind works and whatnot, y'all. It is wildness. So number five, a sense of entitlement. You know, a sense of entitlement. It just says that clearly. You feel like you're entitled for because I'm me. A lot of this stuff is just based. You, know, you see, a lot of these traits are based on this uh, serious, like delusions of grandeur and thinking you're more important than everybody else. Like you feel like you're entitled to certain benefits because you were born, because you are here, because you exist. You know, I feel like I deserve more followers because I'm me. I provide the most, the best information, which I wasn't at the time. You know, I just felt like I did. I felt like, hey, I've diagnosed a narcissist. Who else knows more than me? So many other people know more than me. But in the, at the beginning, I thought I deserved more. I was entitled to more followers. I was entitled to more views, you know. But going to therapy, being in therapy so long, I've come to understand that you had to work for it. You had to earn it. Y'all see me earn it. Y'all been three years, three years pumping. I've been pumping hard for three years on YouTube. I've been pumping hard for three years, three and a half years on TikTok and Instagram. I've been pumping hard. Y'all know I've been working Facebook. I've been pumping hard because I know that there's that sense of entitlement still. Is it, is it still there? Yeah, it's still there, but I understand it. You know, my, I tell people this to people all the time. My first thought is still self-serving. My first thought is still the thought of a narcissist. Like it doesn't go away. Like you, there's no cure for narcissistic personality disorder, right? So my first thought is still going to be the narcissistic thought. But what I've learned over the years is to be, I'm able to slow myself down and rationalize with myself to understand that like, yeah, I have a sense of entitlement, but I also have a sense of common sense to understand that I have to earn it. You know, like the the entitlement kicks in first, but then the common sense and the, the therapy work comes in and it's just like, okay. You feel entitled, but why? I, I ask myself the question, why? Why do you deserve this? And be real with yourself. I have to be real with it. You know, I'm real with it. So why do you deserve this? I come from a place of realness. I have to keep it real. I have to keep it hot with myself. You know, so I do feel entitled sometimes, but I work on it. You get a lot of narcissistic people. They feel like they're entitled to stuff that they haven't earned just because they exist. You see, just because they were born and they are here or they suffered more or they are taller or they're better looking or they're faster or they're harder worker or they whatever, whatever it is, y'all. They feel like that because they feel entitled to other people's bodies. They feel entitled to your space. They feel entitled to your money. They feel entitled to your support. For no reason, for how have they earned it without earning it? They feel entitled, entitlement without earning it, you know, and to being entitled without earning it, being feeling entitled without earning it is a narcissist, is a narcissistic trait, y'all. So, trait number six, what was it, 14, 14, 14, is interpersonally oppressive behavior. So, interpersonally oppressive behavior is number the sixth trait of narcissistic personality disorder. It means that 
you think that the, the idea that one group is better than another and has the right to control the other. You feel like you are better. The narcissistic person feels like they are better. So they feel like they deserve control over you. They feel like they are, again, go back to the entitlement. They feel like they're entitled to the control over you. They feel like they can oppress you because they are better than you. They are, you know, more better at it than you. So that's why a lot of people in relationships with narcissists, they feel like they have to control every single thing that you do. The children of narcissists, they oppress their personalities. They oppress their ingenuity. They oppress their happiness. They oppress everything about them. They want to control everything around them, you know. They feel like if you want to do something with your life because they control you, because they own you, because you belong to them, they feel like you need to ask them permission. You know, they feel like they they are part of the dominant, like the dominant class. It's kind of like they think that they're above everybody. So everybody should listen to them. I, you need to listen to me because I'm this person. I'm me. So you need to listen to me. You belong to me. That's why a lot of times when you get married to narcissists or you get in a relationship or engaged or you are born to a narcissist, it's like you're signing a contract for them, to, for you, to, for them to own you. You know, it's like you're signing a contract for you to belong to them. Like, hey, you belong to me right now. You know, I own you. You know, you have to earn, you have to earn, you have to earn it. And they take, they take financial control. They take emotional control. They take uh, mental control. They take control in the bedroom. They can take control of everything. Like they try to dominate you. They literally, literally try to dominate your life. That's why so many people get stifled out in toxic relationships with narcissistic people because you lose your sense of identity. They take, they control your identity. It's like literally right here. This is like, this is the part of narcissistic personality disorder when you're with them, where it feels like you're a member of a cult. This feel like this is this is where the cult the cultish behavior kicks in right here. They feel like you're a member of the cult. Like you, I think for you right now. I think for you. I breathe for you. You breathe for me. Like you do as I say, not as I do. You see what I'm saying? This happens a lot of times in these spaces right here. They they they, they just want to control you. They put you down. They control the finances. They control your whereabouts. They isolate you from your friends or family. They do a lot of this stuff to dominate your life and to destroy your life, to destroy your your relationships with other people. This happens quite a bit in toxic relationship spaces, y'all. This is one of those things that happens a lot with a lot of narcissistic people, you know. So be very weary of that right there. I know I ran on long with that one, but that, that needed a little extra time, you know, uh, 1720. So trait number seven, it says no form of empathy. So right here, this is where it's kind of got for me, this kind of shows you that like you don't have to like nar most narcissists are going to lack empathy. A lot of narcissists are going to lack empathy right here. It says no form of empathy, but I think a lot of narcissists like, so you to be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, I told you you have to have five of the nine, right? So you can have a little bit of empathy and still be diagnosed as a narcissist. Like you don't have to fall into the no form of empathy for this diagnosis. You see, like you don't have to fall. Like you can be a narcissist and have a little bit of empathy, according to need only needing five of the nine uh, criteria. Only only need, needing to meet five of the nine criteria. So you can have a, you can be a narcissist with a little bit of empathy. You see, that's how it works. There, that's why I say this. There's a spectrum of narcissism. There's probably gonna be a difference in a narcissist with five of nine 
and a difference of a narcissist with nine of nine. You see, if you have all nine of these, you got some, <laughs> you got some stuff going on. You know, I'm not laughing at them, but you have a lot, a lot of stuff going on in this space. But you know, empathy is the ability to put 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 themselves in the shoes of other people. You know, put themselves in the feelings of other people and understand the feelings of other people. A lot of narcissists can't do that. That's one of the things that a lot of narcissists lack the ability to do is to put themselves in your shoes. That's why when you ask a narcissist to um, when you ask a narcissist to put themselves in the shoes of other people, like how would you feel if you were in this situation? They can't do that. They're going to give you a logical explanation of how they would survive and be better than you in this situation. But like they can't they like the tears, the, the feeling like the, to feel the way that you feel. A lot of narcissists cannot do that because showing empathy and being vulnerable like is weakness to a lot of narcissists, like showing tears and being vulnerable, showing compassion is weakness to a lot of narcissists because showing like a lot of times when we were growing up being compassionate, being empathetic, we got punished for it. You get punished for it, like especially in certain societies and certain cultures like you get called soft. Especially as a man, a little boy, you get called soft or girly for being emotional, for crying, for showing tears, for showing compassion to people. Stop being a girl. You act like a girl. You see what I'm saying? That's how we grew up. That's how a lot of us grew up in a lot of these different spaces. Like we were told you can't be empathetic. You can't be compassionate. You know, so we sealed it up, you know. So I, I do think a lot of narcissists, especially me, a lot of narcissists, well, some narcissists have what, you know, to me, there's two different types of empathy. There's emotional empathy and then there's um, cognitive empathy. Most, I feel like a lot of narcissists lack emotional empathy, the ability to emotionally connect like that, but the ability to put themselves in the emotional shoes of other people. But some narcissists have cognitive empathy, which they, they can understand why you feel the way that you feel. They can understand why you're crying. They can understand why you were happy. They can understand why you feel the way that they feel. They just might not connect to those emotions with you. They can understand it. They just don't feel it with you. You know, they don't connect with you on that level because of something that's going on within the, you know, behind the scenes, within the narcissist's head. That happens quite a bit right there, y'all. You know, this, so, so it says no form of empathy, but that's right there, you know. I think, but like I said, you can be a narcissist and have a little bit of empathy right there. So. I think we have when you have zero empathy is when you can get diagnosed as a sociopath or a psychopath. I think that's when it happens right there in those spaces because there's a lack of empathy for no, most narcissists because they say as the definition of NPD states, it says a lack of empathy. Lack means there's still some there. You have a lack of water. There might still be a little bit of water left in the cup. You know, there's a I have a lack of juice. There's a lack. Of, there's a little juice in here, you know. But no juice means the bottle's empty. He said, no juice. <laughs> but that's how it goes, y'all. Um, <laughs> so, trait number eight, 2130. Um, resentment of others or a conviction that others are resentful of him or her. Like, this is where the jealousy component kicks in for a lot of narcissists, y'all. A lot of narcissists resent you for being you. For being you. For having the ability to be you. Like, I say this in a lot of my other videos that when you are happy, narcissists resent you for being happy. They resent you for having the ability to be happy and be to express yourself like that. Because a lot of narcissists don't. They have the ability to be happy, but they don't want to express it because they feel like it's weakness. They they are jealous of you. This is where the resentment kicks in, y'all. Especially if y'all like if you get a narcissist, right? That comes from like humble beginnings or lack of resources or something like that. And you were born 
like what what's the what's the term with a silver spoon in your mouth or you came from you know you were up you didn't struggle growing up right they resent you for that they resent you for how you were raised you were raised like this how dare you they they feel like you didn't earn anything in your life so they that's why they resent you for your accomplishments you only got that because you were born over here you you know i had to struggle and fight for everything i have you were given everything they will resent and just diminish and invalidate everything that you do because they're jealous of you. Jealousy runs rampant with narcissists, y'all. Just jealousy and envy, like they, sometimes they want to take what you have, you know? They don't want to just have it because they feel like they deserve it. They want to take what you have because they resent you for having it. They resent you for having empathy. They resent you for having friends. They resent you for having a close relationship with your family, you know? But this is the, the, the flip side of that. It says, a conviction that others are resentful of him or her. Like a narcissistic person thinks that you resent them for being them. They think you are jealous of them. Like this is the delusions right here. We always like the delusions and the paranoia kick in right here. We always feel like we are being watched, right? We always feel like somebody's watching us or somebody's out to get us and whatnot. So that drive it hits us in the head. It really does. Like we always feel like there's a set of eyes on us. So we are always behaving in a certain way, right? We're always acting in a certain way. We, we're always moving like people are jealous of us. That's why you get a lot of narcissists, y'all, when they do have the resources. They have to shine. They have to try to outshine everybody. They Some of them want you to be, let's be real. Some of them want you to be jealous of them. Some of them want because your jealousy and your envy, your resentfulness, it empowers them. They live for it. Some of them absolutely live for it. They live to make you resentful. They live to make you jealous. They live for it. So that happens a lot, y'all. They, like I said, we always think eyes are on us. So y'all hear a lot of my videos. I say, I used to feel like I was alone when, I, when I'm in a group of people. When I was growing up, when I was in, inside a big group of people, I used to always feel like everybody was watching me. But I always feel like, I feel like I was alone, but all eyes was on, on me for some reason. I always feel like I stood out. Again, I could be in a crowd of people who look exactly like me, but I feel like I would stand out in some way, shape, or form. I always, I always felt like that. But yeah, that's, that's it right there, y'all. So the last trait... Number nine, this is the longest video I've ever done on YouTube, y'all. The longest one I've ever put up other than, other than a live video. This is the longest one, which is kind of wild. Um, a display of egotistical and conceited behaviors or attitudes. Ego. I got a big ego. Ha ha ha. Yes. Huge egos. So this is where the difference between a lot of covert and overt narcissists kick into play, y'all. Covert narcissists who are the more subtle, passive-aggressive narcissists still have big egos. They just demonstrate it in a different way. Overt narcissists, you know, they have big egos and they show you. Covert narcissists, they have big egos and sometimes they show you and they tell you. You know, they just, you know, I think overt narcissists will show and tell you as well. But covert narcissists kind of whisper. Well, overt narcissists scream it. They still the same because one of my friends, one of my old friends, he's an overt narcissist. I'm more covert most times, right? So we have the same, we would have the same goals, but we go about getting them in different ways. Still, both of us still narcissists, highly narcissistic, highly toxic, but we go about getting them in different ways. Everybody knows he's toxic. People didn't know I was, you know, they were like, he, oh, he's toxic. And he would overshadow me with his toxicity and I'd be cool. People look at me like I was less, no toxic. I was a nice guy. You see, that's why <laughs> you see how that happens. But egos, y'all, egos, jealousy kicks in. It says, a display of egotistical and conceited behaviors or attitudes. They think they, they think they're better than you. 
But you see narcissistic people have huge egos, but they're huge, fragile egos, like huge glass tower egos, like egos as tall as as tall as the highest mountain, but as fragile. You can break it with a little baby rock. That's why narcissists don't like criticism an aversion to being criticized in any way, shape or form. Right. You get a lot of narcissists that all it takes is a little bit of criticism and it breaks them down. All it takes is a little, yeah, all it takes is a little bit of criticism and it breaks the narcissistic person down. A little bit. And they'll lose, they'll say, you criticize them, you hurt their ego, they'll lose their damn minds. They attack you, they try to come at you, they rage out on you, they start stalking you, harassing you because you hurt their ego. You did something small to them and they take it in a major way. They have these big egos, they have these grandiose egos. They, you feel like they're the most confident people in the world, but they're fragile people that are easy to hurt. How do you hurt a narcissist? Criticize them a little bit. Tell them that they're not, tell them that they're not as good as they think they are. That's all it takes, y'all. It's not very hard to hurt a narcissist's feelings. It really, really isn't. That's why I tell people, y'all, um, it happens all the time in these spaces. It happens all the time in these dynamics and whatnot, y'all. So, um, I hope this video brought you some clarity, brought you some peace. Um, I got all this information from, uh, it's out Thera, Vibe. I put this, I put the link in the, uh, I'll put the link in the comment section or the description, y'all. So y'all can just click the link and go get more in-depth um, about Narcissistic Personality Disorder, DSM-5, 301.81, F60.81. Um, anyways, y'all, have made it this far. <laughs> Thank you for making it this far. Like and subscribe for more. And of course, mental illness is out. Peace. Thank you so much for making it to the end of my video. You are a mental illness rock star and I appreciate you for being here. If you haven't already, make sure to click on the screen to subscribe to the channel and watch another one of my videos in my playlist. There's also a link available up here for you to purchase my kids book. Remember, it's not your fault on Amazon. So check that out. Thank you. I will see you in the next video. Peace.